Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Upfront. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. It was box office clashes galore this weekend in the WSL. Manchester City came so agonisingly close to beating Chelsea, but it wasn't to be. Despite going down to just nine players after Alex Greenwood was sent off in the first half for time-wasting, we're getting stuck into the controversy around that decision. Plus, after Arsenal announced a new contract for Jonas Eideville, they go to Manchester United's backyard and grab a draw right at the death. Rach, you were there to watch the drama unfold. Before we get into the drama of you know, the Friday night, live, underneath the lights, let's get... We're going to start with a slightly different format this weekend. We're going to go a moment of the weekend. I mean, there's so many moments, but like, what was your key? Actually, what you just said about Friday nights under the lights. Okay. There's something I just really enjoy. I mean, I know more people maybe enjoy going out on a Friday and doing something cool. What? People I, have lives outside of football? don't. So I really enjoy a Friday night kickoff under the lights um, and what a game it was as well. So that's mine. It was one of those, when the season starts back again, you're like, oh, actually, I've missed this. Does that apply to a game at Lee Sports Village? I don't know. I really hope the mics picked up that guffaw from our producer outside. I really hope it did. Um, listen, it was close. There were moments where I was like, is it worth it when I left my house at half 12? And I was in still sitting in the car park queue at quarter past six. 
Um, but actually after the game, I was like, that was that was actually worth it. And it's rare, but that was worth it. I totally understand what you'd be saying if it was a Friday night game at the Emirates. You know, drums going off, you've got the orchestra going, you've got all the fans, the flags, every, everything's <laughs> popping off. And then you go to Lee Sports Village and there's like a JD Sports in the background and, a, and one van sending a hot dog. There was good vibes and it was a record crowd. Fine. You've made your point. I'll, I'll back it. Go on, what's yours? Tell me yours. There were so many. You know, I'm like, I said that I'm going to prove one and then all of a sudden there's like seven on the list. Yeah, you break um, the rules every time. All right, so Samanen. I thought the Spurs game uh, against Bristol City and I was interested to see how Spurs were going to react because obviously they lost the first game but they put in a stellar performance. So I was like, was that a one-off great performance or it, actually is this a trend that Spurs are setting? And I thought they were pacey. I thought they were creating chances up front. They had a beautiful free kick on the edge of the box. It was Samanen into the top bins. Like It was just one of the most beautiful free kicks that I've I've seen so far. Did they excite you, Spurs? They did. Can Charlie, uh, just one for you. Can you clip up that pod where Chloe basically said Spurs does not excite her and just pop it in right after this because yeah, eat your words. Spurs aren't necessarily one of the most exciting or haven't necessarily been one of the most exciting teams to watch. Just in case we didn't lose the Spurs fans last episode. You're just going to really make sure now, are you? Yeah, I mean, and it's hard for me because obviously I did play for Spurs for a you know a great amount of time. And I'm not bitter. I, I'm not bitter at all. That's all about the whole experience. I really don't care. In the slices, uh, wipes away a tear. I mean, it's been it's, we've only been the, the the sort of you know the thick of the league for two weeks now, but already I am going back on things. I am you we know I'll do it. appreciating that I don't always get things right. Okay, I'm growing as an individual, but also I think predictions are pointless, and it's stuff that we're always made to do. Journalists are made to do podcasters, all that kind of stuff. It's stuff you get slated for on social because if you go at the top three, four, it's boring. If you Absolutely. pick someone else out and then they lose, you're like, you're like, you don't know what you're talking about. So you just can't win. Yep. So I appreciate it. It's difficult to predict, especially this league. Thank you. So that was like my positive from the weekend. I'll also have to, and I, you know, I'm very unbiased. Another moment of growth for me. Beautiful. Goalkeepers mm. had a bit of a mare this weekend, <laughs> didn't we? I mean, first off on Friday, underneath the, the lights, lights. Um, D'Angelo, uh, a slightly rogue choice, I thought, from Idaval in the first place. Uh, taking bold out, choice. Very bold choice. Taking out Zinsberger. We're like, okay, we're seeing a little bit more rotation in the Arsenal men's squad. Maybe this is just an Arsenal theme. Maybe this is just what they've all decided at the club. Cool. Absolutely fine. And I do think, to a certain extent, rotation is probably a, a, probably a nice thing to do, to give her some experience at the start. In that match? Probably not the best match. Probably a little bit hairy. But did it pay off? No. Uh, well, it did. She didn't. She. I think she overall had a very good performance, but there was an absolute mess up where the ball was coming towards her. Amanda Illustet is obviously sort of, you know, looking at her pleading eyes. Please do something. Please clear this ball. D'Angelo goes to swipe with her leg, completely misses it. Ball bounces over and it's, it, it, it's gone. And arguably the second goal, I know Illestet was, should have just put her boot through it, but I was shooting that end and I could see right early on that she was trying to hold the player back and D'Angelo was so far back on her line because I think last time she was like never coming out of my goal again that she didn't come off her line and that's where I think the confusion was as well. Yeah, not great. But then what are you expecting when you've had a keeper who's recently just come in, probably hasn't worked with the back line as much as Zinsberger has? Uh, those kind of miscommunications and errors are bound to happen. But I did appreciate that D'Angelo, I think, came into the game a little bit more. But it'll be interesting to see who Idaville now chooses for this next upcoming game. And another reason not to rotate goalkeepers. 100%. And also Marquise. I always think it's Marquise, but it was Marquise uh, for the uh, Spurs game. Um, yeah, I don't know if anyone saw this, but again, it was a sort of uh, Marquise, Marquise went to go and uh, loft the ball to clear it. It hit Martha Thomas's back and then rolled into the goal in this really agonisingly slow way 
the worst thing about the situation, it seemed to have rattled Marquise quite a bit. And then in the second half, there was a high ball that came into the box. And instead of just claiming it with her hands, Marquise headed the ball away. It was quite the surprise for goalkeepers around the world. Um, Arsenal goalkeepers specifically, because she's on loan from Arsenal, isn't she? It was a new approach. Uh, Appreciate what you're doing with goalkeepers over there. Arsenal might need to rethink the strategy. Right, let's get stuck in because a lot happened. And we've got to start... We've got to start with Chelsea, I think, because... What a surprise. Yeah, I mean... talking point of the weekend. (laughs) But for all the weirdest reasons. So Chelsea scored a late-minute equaliser to draw 1-1 with Man City, who were down to nine players. Guru Wrighton got the goal in the 96th minute to save their bacon. Referee Emily Heaslip sent Alex Greenwood off after a second yellow card for time-wasting in the 38th minute. So Greenwood had got her first yellow card after 17 minutes for a late tackle on Jesse Fleming. And I don't think anyone... It's not, yeah, I think that was a booking. It seems fair. There wasn't a lot around that. An so, early booking, but a booking. But then Greenwood in the 38th minute took, uh, I think it was about 26 seconds, I think, by the time the, the referee had blown for the free kick and the point in which she'd taken it. Um, he slipped, did blow her whistle at, at a point in that. But BBC pundits were very critical and Casey Stoney was probably... One of the most vocal uh, saying it was possibly the most ridiculous red card she'd ever seen. Ian Wright also coming out and saying, what the hell was that, basically? Um, Rach, what were your thoughts when you saw uh, the yellow card and then the red card come out for Greenwood? Because I think a lot of people were shocked that there was this... It, it To me, it didn't feel like Greenwood was wasting time essentially it was the 38th minute it was a weird time to be doing that if that was a game management strategy that that City had but also it just looked to me like she was trying to figure out where the next pass was going to go and also Emily Heaslip seemed to be in the line of one of the potential passing options so and then she just played she played it back I don't think there was any need for that yellow red card and that completely affects the game yeah um it was absolutely ridiculous in my opinion um At that time of the match, if this was the 75th, the 85th minute, fine, I'd understand it. But realistically, and we keep saying 26 seconds, when you watch the game, it takes five or six seconds after the whistle's blown for Alex Greenwood to actually be standing over the ball. Mm -hmm. She's a captain. She's waiting for her players. It's And you know what often happens when you see there's been like a big hectic moment in a game. You just take a second to calm things down, get your players in position. She's looking for a pass. She considers going short. I think the official maybe steps forward and cuts out that pass. She looks further down the pitch. She's basically struggling to find a pass. And I don't actually think it was that long. And what's really interesting is the BBC have done an article on whether or not uh, it was a fair dismissal, whether she was really wasting time. And the average time delay in the WSL in 2022-23 in 132 games for a free kick was 32 seconds. Wow. And the average time so far in 12, across 12 games uh, for a free kick is 34 seconds this season. So is 26 seconds time-wasting. Realistically, are Manchester City time-wasting in the 38th minute one up against Chelsea? They're not. It's, it's not, right? And there, this is an issue with a, a rule like this that is based on discretion is that players aren't mind readers. Mm-hmm. Like, So if a, a, a ref is deciding that 26 seconds is now the new threshold, that needs to be communicated to players. You know, and I, I know Emma Hayes came out and said, oh, the referee communicated it to us. We all knew it was going on. That's not true. Unless the referee came in and said, by the way, if you go over 25 seconds, you're going to get booked for time wasting. That's just not true. I don't believe that. So it's it was disappointing because I've definitely noticed that cards are coming out left, right and centre. Um, this weekend, I think there was 30 cards across the games, maybe. 11 in that game alone. 11 in that game alone. Um, I think it was 30 across the, the, the league. 
And that uh, is a record, by the way. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, I was at West Ham Brighton and there was a lot of cards in that game as well. And there was confusion. So I'm a, a like a basically a touchline reporter kind of for the studio and I'm letting them know when people are getting... It's literally, it's even confusing for us because you're like, wait, someone's gotten booked for something that you don't expect them to get booked mm-hmm. for. You're trying to communicate with someone up in the press box going, was that a yellow card? And they're like, I don't actually know what's going on either. So it's something I think we're going to have to get used to. Um, it's something I do think that needs to be looked at because if it's something that's going to be based on discretion, that needs to be clearly communicated. Yeah, I think um, so. There was an understanding. Charlotte Harper's done an amazing article uh, on this, uh, on this specific point, and sort of she did a, a, a crazy sort of in-depth look and a behind-the-scenes uh, WSL referee feedback session, which was incredible. Um, and it sort of looked at exploring, you know, the fact that the referees had actually communicated that they weren't going to be a bit of a crackdown on things like dissent, on things like time uh, wasting. And I think the overall view of that is that one, you should be in a position where you are keeping the referees safe. So things like dissent, you know, sure. coming up, getting in their faces, yeah. being aggressive, absolutely clamp down on that. Because the WSL, you know, the players are our role models. We can't. You, how many videos and clips do we see at grassroots level of like boys, young, mainly young boys? Men in parents who are throwing abuse at referees, worse, abusing them, or even worse, still physically attacking them. So I think 100% dissent mm-hmm. all day. And I think it doesn't help that people like Gareth Taylor and Jonas Eidevall are getting booked as well. That doesn't set a great precedent for the standard of behaviour in, in the management. But I think things like time time wasting techniques, I think, yeah, we do need to be clamping down on that because we are, we are looking at uh, a sort of trend where we're seeing, you know, the Man United-Chelsea game, um, the, sorry, the Manchester City-Chelsea game, there was 12 minutes worth of extra time. I think in the Spurs game, there were eight minutes and then in the... Um, West Ham Brighton, there was 10. It's that. So, so you're getting doubly punished for time wasting. You're well, getting booked and getting the time out Absolutely. But then you've got to look at the impact that, that those extra additional minutes are then having on the rest of the league and how that, that looks in terms of injuries, player fatigue later on in the season. So I think I can understand the sort of the, the reasoning and the rationale behind that. But you do have to take it. I, I think time wasting, if it becomes a... You know, if you've got players who are continuously doing it throughout the course of the game, absolutely, they've got to clamp down on that. But when that yellow card is a red card effectively you've got to look at how that impacts the competitiveness of the league if you've got players like Lauren Hemp you've got players like Alex Greenwood who are being out for you know a game and Charlotte mentioned this in in her you know incredible article about the impact that that has disproportionately I suppose on the women's game because you've got fewer games Mm -hmm. across the league as opposed to the Premier League where obviously you know a one game ban doesn't mean as much when you've got I think 38 fixtures but you have 22 in the WSL so I do think there needs to be more discretion and a little bit more of kind of that. That a warning would have sufficed. Don't do that again. I think I think you're taking the I'll mick book a little you next bit. Time. I'll book you next time. That would have sufficed for me. I think that was way too far. Um, we do have a question in from Vicky DeCamp on Instagram. She said, "Should players not have some right to question decision, even if it's just to aid understanding or expectations?" That's what it felt like in that game. It felt like the players couldn't even say, "What the hell, ref? Like, what's the what's that for?" They just got booked like, mm-hmm. for everything. And I appreciate we do need to, to protect referees. We see it far too often, particularly in the men's game, coming up surrounding the referee. It's not on, but it it almost felt like you just weren't allowed to question anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It was frustrating because it frustrated the Manchester City players and, you know, Lauren Hemp, I felt like that red card was inevitable once she got booked for dissent. You know, to go in and make a tackle like she did. Yeah. It was almost inevitable. But the dissent thing just seemed mad. Like, that unusual decision to send off Alex Greenwood is going to cause players to go, hang on, ref, what's going on? Like, she wasn't time-wasting. And Jill Roard, Alexandria, I think both got booked in that instance. They were just being handed out left, right and centre. Same thing happened at the West Ham game. Um, I think it was Uecki who got... Uh, booked and I, it seemed like all she did was turn to the ref and say what um, what's going on kind of thing and look we don't know we don't ha- they're not mic'd up we don't know what's being said but 
you'd still need to be able to speak to the ref. Mm-hmm. There has to be some communication, some level Agreed. of respect both ways. Um, and I fully agree with getting rid of dissent and surrounding the referees. I hate seeing that. But it just seemed to get entirely out of hand. And, you know, when we talk about consistency across decisions, Ashley Lawrence absolutely flattened Lauren Hemp. <laughs> she didn't even get booked. That's crazy. Like, and Emma Hayes said that as well. She wanted consistency in refereeing. That's not consistency. Like how Ashley Lawrence didn't get booked in a game like that. It just seemed to be Manchester City players who weren't allowed to look at the ref or make tackles. It got to that point. Um, and I do want to say, I am wearing a Manchester City uh, shirt today. It's one of their commemorative shirts. In support. The Emmeline Pankers. Of all the be- players banned from playing. Because I was so impressed with how they played when they went down to nine players. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. They would have been totally forgiven at 10 players to sit back and bank up and try to protect a 1-0 lead. Jesus, at nine players, I just would have had nine players across the goal line. No, they were going out. They were attacking. Bunny Shaw nearly scored. Mm-hmm. I was so impressed with that fight and that grit. And that's why I'm wearing the shirt. Well, I think um, actually players sort of, you know, they react in certain ways to moments of adversity. And I think they were probably in support of, you know, how badly the decisions were going, I suppose, uh, for them. Uh, I mean, Taylor's voice, his concerns and frustrations that straight reds receive a three-match ban. Uh, and perhaps we need to look at, you know, that being adjusted. But, you know, from Taylor's perspective and also managers across the WSL, I should be now looking at sort of game management. How do we look at either reducing the amount of yellows and, and reds that we're actually getting? Because Man City seem addicted two cards at the moment. Red I mean, cards, apparently. Three red cards across just two games. And they're not a dirty physical team. They're not even that scrappy. I mean, they've not even got McCabe on their team. Do you know what I mean? Like, So I think, but also in a way that how do you prompt other teams to get yellow cards? Like if I was playing God, Arsenal, yeah. I'd be thinking, okay, well, on, I, know, me. I know who to rile up. Yeah. I know that McCabe got, you know, she got a yellow card on Stepped Friday. on the pitch. Two minutes after coming on. I'd be thinking. Not even sure that was a yellow, but yeah. Go to McCabe. Yeah. Get, her, get in her head. Get in her, get in her head. Um, yeah, I'd be looking at the players that you can rile up. Let's get them sent off. And then we're, then we're playing with 10. We're playing with 10 players, cool. You're gonna have to, they're going to have to, well, I mean, they do train, don't they? Six on six, eight on eight. It's going to have to potentially happen. And Gareth Taylor said it. We might end up with eight v eight in the league. I did ask Rianne Skinner, is that something now they have to think about with their players? They have to talk to their players about preparing for? And she said, yeah, absolutely. It's now something we basically need to work. Lisa Evans got booked for time wasting. I think after about 11 or 12 seconds, Ashley Neville, I think, got booked for twelve for for time wasting at nil nil in the in the first kind of fifteen minutes or so. Um, I think she maybe kicked the ball away or something. But like, that's where that's why that decision of time wasting is at your discretion. Mm. Is she time wasting at nil nil? Maybe we need to have a look at getting eight v eight pitches set up alongside <laughs> the 11s just in case we get to a situation when there's only sixteen players on a field. Maybe that's where the game's going. I don't know. Um, but I think do we think given you know. Man City going down to nine players that Chelsea should have done more with that advantage. Yes, like a hundred percent. What I I couldn't really understand why they didn't walk away with all three points. I mean, to not use that to your apps, I I just think that to me didn't feel like the mentality monsters that I had seen in the previous game. I mean, what do you think they were? La- why didn't they use that advantage? Well, I think they were on the back foot anyway when it was eleven v eleven. Manchester City were playing better. Uh, lovely goal from Chloe Kelly. It did take a deflection, but they, you know. Man City looked really up for it. Mm-hmm. And then they went down to 10 and Chelsea were like, it was almost like more pressure hyped onto Chelsea because it's like, okay, we should win this game. We've got more than a half with an extra player. And they couldn't figure that out. And then when it went down to nine, it was almost like, how are we not winning this game? It, it's a not difficult necessarily, but it's another thing you have to re- 
Think about rejig. Mm-hmm. 11 v 9 is not a normal situation. I'm not making excuses. Chelsea should have taken all three points. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think the credit also has to go to Manchester City and how well they played. Agreed. Let's also just have a quick brief moment of reflection about the kind of elephant in the room with Man City and the goalkeeping situation. So we've got a question from CH7 on Twitter. They said, what's going on at Man City in the sticks? Uh, How concerning is it that England's second, third and fourth choice goalkeepers are all currently benched? That is a worry. So the information that we have, and I think Kiara Keating, who won player of the match, I think 19 years old, stepping into that situation. We obviously saw her have a few games in the WSL last, um, last season. But... Ellie Roebuck started 17 out of 22 of her games last season. And then there seems to be this kind of deafening silence of where she is. I mean, she was on the bench for the first game. She wasn't even on the squad list for this game in the stands. You're thinking, okay, well, what's going on here? Because obviously you've got Sandy McIver on the bench for this game. But at the same time, what? Where is she? They need to be careful. Arsenal Reed getting their hooks into her. And that's the and when Gareth Taylor was asked about where Ellie Roebuck said, he just said, okay, well, you know, we've got it's quite competitive. We've got three excellent keepers, but no, there's no reason why she shouldn't be here. We, there's no injury. There's no like. There's no performance problems. There's no that answer in itself is very telling. It's loaded, mm. but there's no information. Um, it's I, I think it is a worry if if so many goalkeepers are on the bench for England um, and. Look, goalkeeping is getting better and better and better. So you're always going to have that level of competition. I think if Kiara Keating is playing like that, she's undroppable. Absolutely. But then, uh, unreal. You'd think, though, that second choice would have been Sandy McIver. After, you know, the, the fact that she is sort of like, you know, a budding lioness, you'd be thinking, okay, well, that's your, that's your next choice. Surely. Ellie Roebuck? Yeah. No, uh, Sandy McIver. Oh, yeah, as your second choice going right. in after Ellie Roebuck is it, you know, in the It's such ether. a difficult one, isn't it? Like when you start bringing in such big names and big players and experienced players how do you keep everyone happy we're seeing it at Chelsea at the moment they've got so many keepers I mean Brighton have the Belgian number one on the bench crazy Um, so it's very interesting I'm sure Arsenal will be sniffing around well (laughs) look at the January transfer window we see what happens I honestly I can't I I just there is so there's so much talent Keeper-wise in the WSL, yeah. Daphne Van Domsela, you've got Zakira Musevic, you've got Anne Katchenberger's now being benched, you've got D'Angelo, who is a good keeper, but absolutely had a fuck-up. Uh, Manuela Zimsberger, you've got Mary Earps, who I don't I, I don't think she's had the best start to the season, I've, I've got to say. I think she's good, but I think obviously with the controversy maybe around the contracts and her wanting to go to Arsenal, I think that's probably maybe playing on her, on her mind. And it's hard to be like, I imagine it's top. just hard to be. Once you've set the bar that high, anything less than that, it's, it's not good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, not being critical of Erps, you know, absolutely love her, favourite player in the WSL. Um, yeah, but I do think I have seen a small drop and that is understandably because she's Tired. got Champions League football, she's just come off the back of having a stellar World Cup. Mm. She's she's won everything possible in the... Go- her trophy cabinet alone must be worth an absolute fucking fortune. <laughs> so yeah, love you, Erps. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right. Let's get stuck into your favorite Friday nights under the lights game. Arsenal got a last gasp equaler to draw 2-2 with Manchester United. Chloe Lacasse scoring what will go down, I think, as one of the best goals of the season. And that's that's bold, given we're two weeks in. Uh, she scored an absolute banger in the 93rd minute. So let's kind of set the scene a little bit on this goal. Idaval, on the sidelines, shitting himself. Noticeably shitting himself. Crashed Gross. out of the Champions League. <laughs> Poo everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) We've already been told off for swearing. Let's not get told off for talking about poo. He, I think, because obviously they scored the Arsenal scored the first goal. So we need to talk about that goal. But yes, go on. The reaction from Idaval was it was palpable because it was like, okay, saving my bacon moment. And then all of a sudden, um, yeah, Man United getting the uh, getting that it goes two one because of uh, Malou Mallard, and then Idaval is like, Christ. This is not going to plan. It's the 83rd minute, okay? Chloe Lacasse comes on, 86th minute. And then before you know it, in the, what was it, 90 plus three? 90 plus three. She gets the ball, edge of the box, dummy turn. The footwork. Left foot. It was left bins. Mary Earps was outstretched. Out, I've never seen a longer stretch from Earps. Could not get anywhere near it. Idaval lost his Shit, and rightly so. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know why there's so much shit chat in here. Um, shit yeah. chat is such a good <laughs> Um But yeah, talk to me. Like, how do you, what, what are your thoughts on this game? Because it was a beautiful fixture. It was everything you want. Drama, you know, it, it meant so much to both squads. You know, you can't be losing points. Arsenal, I think it probably meant a little bit more to, um, given their start to the season. It's such a cliche, but it was two heavyweights just taking blows out of each nice. other. And, it was so like enjoyable, but also like you could just feel the stress and the tension the whole way through. You know, I can't imagine what it was like to be a part of either of those teams. Um, the goal, <clears throat> the goal from Stina Blackstenius, she wouldn't have scored that last season. And I think the thing that we talked about her lacking sometimes last season was the physicality. She'd mm-hmm. get kind of boshed off the ball a little bit sometimes in 50-50 challenges. She'd come off the worse. Not only the speed to pick up the ball where she did and take on Blundell, but then to actually physically not let Blundell nudge her off the ball. Yeah. To to be able to create that angle to score that goal was f- 
a superb, it was such a good goal. Um, Arsenal's tails massively up. Um, and, you know, I thought they were actually playing well given the amount of substitutes that were made, the six substitutes made. Yeah. They had to come away with points minimum because had Manchester United won that, Arsenal would have been six points adrift from them. A draw at least would allow them to hang on with their fingertips to Man United's coattails, right? Because, yep. you know, they look at the next fixture they play United. If they win them, they're equal on points, right? So points were critical to get here. And when Manchester United scored that second goal, it was like, oh my God, this is blow- going to blow the league wide open. This is so exciting. But equally, like, you felt like there was another goal in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just the excitement was around it was was brilliant. I think Manchester United maybe didn't create as much as they would have liked, um, given the players that they have on the pitch. Um, like there was Chasey in the second half came within millimeters yep. of scoring, but really, I don't think they probably created as much as they would have liked. And the two goals did also come from somewhat of errors I think Mallard the fact that she kept running and kept going for that ball was incredible and yep. the foresight to be able to get a toe on that ball honestly was it was fantastic. like a toenail yeah so those players are very very exciting I think Mark Skinner maybe would probably want to get the team just creating a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, particularly on target I think again Arsenal created quite a lot yep. not a lot on target and that would be frustrating for them um, and I also have to shout out Russo I thought Hostile place to go, really difficult game to come back to. She's and being I thought, booed with every touch. The Boo- every single everything. touch. I, I, I fucking hate booing. Right? If you like booing, fine. Whatever. It's each to their own. But I it was you relentless. Know. I, it was. I, was. I thought it was going to be the first energy. five minutes. It was the entire ninety I, minutes. I feel like you wouldn't even be watching the match. Then you'd just be watching Russo. Every time she <laughs> boo, gets the boo. Like I don't know how you've got the boo, the energy to just constantly. Find her, see her on the ball, boom, one pass, boom, it's gone. Like, it's just <laughs> the energy to maintain that. Um, you know, I don't like it, people do, you know. But like I say, it was a hostile environment yeah. to, for her to come back to. And I thought she had a cracking game. And I thought she was really unlucky not to get a goal. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, to me, it felt like it was such a monumental game to be playing at that stadium against your ex-team given how much it meant to both sides, knowing that you did have a lot, you know, you've just lost Champions League football, which is probably one of the factors that you come over to Arsenal for in the first place. And then obviously to have someone like Jay-Z wearing your shirt, (laughs) having a game, (laughs) having the game of her life. I thought, you know, it was a battle. It was a battle of the 23s, wasn't it, essentially? And I think, um, you know, Russo I saw kind of pulling back a little bit. I think she dropped a little bit deeper and she was kind of feeding in those balls to... Uh, you know, to to the likes of well, I've got name blank, two black tennis. She was feeding in balls to black tennis. She was obviously a big part of black tennis's goal, sort of yeah. in the lead up to that. Um, but she kind of it felt like a little bit of a Miedemar esque type role that she was dropping into. Her movement off the ball is very good. Yeah. And she pulls players away. Sofa sends to me, which I didn't really pick up on the first time I saw it. But that like cast goal, the space was created by uh, Alessia Russo pulling Millie Turner out mm-hmm. of out of her way essentially. Yep. And sometimes maybe we don't unless you're. Uh, incessantly booing her throughout the match you might not actually see that movement because she's not on the ball do you know what I mean so little things like that and yeah that's a good kind of reference actually playing that almost kind of slightly deeper forward role well maybe Idaville's just got he's he's thinking ahead but then also Miedemar will probably be coming back at some point this season I think Arsenal are like can you um, 
hurry up, please, Beth and Viv. Uh, Leah, how are you getting on? Well, Beth, You're running. So... Well, you get on the pitch. It's fine. <laughs> ACLs, schmacls, get them back. Um, another big change you obviously saw, and we've alluded to it before, was Zinsberger coming in for D'Angelo. Um, Zinsberger was seen deep in conversation with D'Angelo at half time. And she was obviously, I think there was an arm around D'Angelo from Zinsberger at full time. Obviously, I think everyone, it was such an obvious error. Um, it did feel like a kind of moment of, and maybe like, if you're thinking really honestly what Zinsberger must have been thinking when she saw that, she was like, well, you've made your bed, Idava. <laughs> you've made your bed. And now look, now look what's happened. You can lie in your shit bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, I feel Honestly, like surely you as a goalkeeper, would you not be sitting there going, I still really want to win this match? It's a conflict. I've got to admit, it is a conflict because if you are the second choice, you absolutely, you're training hard, you're, you know, putting this, all this commitment in, you are doing your absolute best. And it's just an ego thing, you know, being dropped and being second place, it's, it's hard to take. So I think there's probably a part of Zinsberger when that went in. And I have to admit, I have had it in the past. I'm going to be really honest. Yes. <laughs> She's doing a little fist pump. <laughs> but also you're like, shit. <laughs> what, what does this mean? No, we can't be winning this. We can't be losing this game. So I think absolutely you've got to put your ego to one side. You are you are there for the greater good of the team and generally the whole wider benefit of the team. But you've got to be thinking a little bit individually. Okay, what does this mean for me? And, and does this improve my chance of getting back into my, my spot? Well, tell me, who do you start in the next game? Uh, As a goalkeeper, do you punish someone for an obvious mistake? How I'd, does that affect the confidence? I'd start Zinsberger. She's an experienced keeper like we can't say she's, she's made mistakes in the past but you you have I think you have to have consistency and especially when the the league this year means so much to you and D'Angelo is obviously a little bit shaken she's going to be shitting herself going to that next fixture do you and not think then the next fixture isn't an easy one yeah but do you not think now the pressure will just swing back onto Zinsberger now where she has to perform she's used to it she's played at this level for a, a, a number of years for years and years and years I mean like she was what second was she last year in terms of like um clean sheets so this is not she is experienced in pressure and I, I would place the league in her hands rather than D'Angelo I've got to say and use D'Angelo for the cup games of which there are many coming up that is a situation that I'd have all created and he's being bold obviously he's probably thinking hello just got my new three year contract I'm gonna spice things up a little bit we've got to do things a little bit differently did it backfire couldn't couldn't get Mary Earps but don't want to show that it is an issue because I love both of my goalkeepers equally <laughs> Um, or he chose to drop Zinsberger but didn't want to make out that he chose to drop Zinsberger so he was like no it's totally what we plan to do anyway we're always going to do this nice We're, relatable yeah. you nailed it well we'll see you next week talking of managers with a shed ton of pressure on their backs Mark Skinner has said Manchester United will approach tonight's Champions League qualifier against PSG as their biggest ever game Yeah, it is however being played Fried under the lights. Lee Sports Village, not Old Trafford, which I think is an absolute disaster for the Man United PR team because they've had a worldie of a summer. If anyone's missed everything that's been going on in Man United as a club. Um, on the back of this, Man United a couple of weeks ago said on their website that they weren't going to be showing the game because they didn't have the rights to it. Backtrack now. It's now on MUTV because I think Man United assumed that it was going to be shown under the zone paywall. And um, they did have the rights? They, yeah, they're entitled to it because it's not in the group. It, you're not into the group yeah. stages yet. So, yeah, not great. But what? How do we think Man United are going to fare against PSG? This is a big, big matchup. First Champions League game in their history. Yeah, it is. It's huge. And I do think, I hope, Lee Sports Village will be full and it will be loud, um, because I think the players really thrive off that atmosphere. So, 
maybe you wouldn't have got that at Old Trafford. Um, and hopefully, should they progress to the group stages, it will be difficult. Maybe we will see a Champions League game at Old Trafford, which would be very cool. Um, it's going to be tough. It's mm. it's two, you know, very good teams coming up against each other. Um, it could be really interesting. Of course, Jackie Grunin is back. Um, back at Man United. Grunin. Grunin. Um, so that will be exciting to see. But ooh, it's a tough one to call. And it's who's going to handle the pressure better. You know, there's pressure on PSG as well because... They're used to being in the Champions League. They expect to be in the Champions League. This is going to be a tough fixture for them. There's mm. also pressure on Man United. It's their very first Champions League match. They need to win. They need to get into the group stages. You know, they want to be in the Champions League. So a lot of pressure on both sides. Massively. And obviously, I think, um, well, we've got a pod coming out soon uh, with Claire Bloomfield from the head of women's football at ECA. And we were talking to her, I'll just give you a little taster of... You know, how the Champions League looks. Is it ideal? Do, do we need to review it in terms of, you know, is it ideal to have a situation where we've got either Man United or PSG coming out in the very early stages? Obviously, we've just seen Arsenal come out. Um, it's not the greatest situation. I want to see both of these teams progressing. It makes for more competitive, exciting football, I think, in the later stages. But I'm hoping that this game is so close that it does come down to the second fixture is going to be played on the 18th of October I will uh, be there in Paris I'm slightly worried about the bed bugs but I mean maybe don't come into the studio next week yeah yeah just yeah Char if that's right producer Char I'd, I'd actually make a special request for next week's podcast to be remote thank you Um, another Big item uh, of news coming out of the Manchester United squad uh, concerns Mary Earps. Who else? My fave. Uh, Lioness's goalkeeper kits are now finally available in women's sizes for the very small, modest sum of £99.95. Um, well, they, they were available. I'm pretty sure they're now sold out. Yeah, they're they, gone. They did such a small run. Yeah, they're absolutely gone. And I they're think being resold. Sources are saying only four were made available <laughs> in the London. In all three sizes. Small, medium, <laughs> large, extra large. That's it. <laughs> shocking from Nike to kind of it's almost like oh we've done this and also they didn't really announce don't it don't tell anybody yeah it was like okay well, we've done this we, gonna... we don't want them to sell so that we can be like see this is why we don't do them but damn it they've all sold out in two <laughs> seconds you got us Nike do you know um, what I thought was interesting Olivier Giroud just as a compare and contrast mm. Olivier Giroud went in goal uh, there recently How in the Stormer? league shout out Giroud yeah and uh a bloody Olivier Giroud goalkeeper shirt was available like the next day. Now, I don't know whether Nike are their sponsors or not. Puma. But that's how easy it is. Yeah. And the worst thing is, I don't even think Giroud was wearing his name on the back of a goalkeeper shirt. He was wearing just the goalkeeper shirt. And yet, a goalkeeper shirt was made available in an instant. Just, you know, that is how you know, quickly Nike. brands can move if they want to. It is possible. The only caveat to that is that I'd say that men's goalkeeper shirts are already available at AC Milan, whereas the Lionesses shirts weren't available, so they had to produce them. Don't give them excuses. No, that is the only thing. I, no, I'll be fair. because So it wasn't, you only had to print Giroud on the back of shirts that were already there. I that is care. That is the only caveat that I would say. And you know, I don't like sticking up for things like that. I'll, I'll gladly say, you know, Fairness. I'm giving your face, All right, Chloe. Cool. All right. Shut up. Moving on quickly. Let's look at West Ham. Uh, we've got a question uh, straight in from Lindsay on email. She said, I was at the Brighton-West Ham game on Sunday. The so Hammers are bloody... Where, where were you not? Where were you not? I don't know. Right. The Hammers are bloody good. Could they be the best of the rest this season? Rachel, what do we think for their chances this season? I think Rianne Skinner is making me look stupid. Weird. Which... I don't appreciate Rianne because I do quite like Rianne Skinner and I'm very glad she's back in the WSL. And we had a nice chat after the game and uh, she said that she misses 
having press conferences with the rabbit on it because the rabbit used to join the Spurs press conferences. So we're going to have to start that again. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> West Ham, look, it was a really good match. It mm. was frenetic. It was high tempo. Um, it was a little bit end-to-end in the first half, a little bit end-to-end in the second as well. It was really enjoyable match to watch. Um, Brighton didn't start as well as they should. I thought West Ham's press was really good. They kind of capitalised on the fact that Brighton were playing a little bit narrow. Mm-hmm. Their, their fullbacks were getting, their wingbacks were getting up really well. So I think their game plan was very good. Um, the first goal was unfortunate for Brighton because Bagley had made a really great save, yep. panned it onto the onto the bar almost. But Kirsty Smith was there to to put it home for a first goal, so that was a good goal. Brighton then grew into the first half. Very unlucky not to to get a goal. Um, Mackenzie Arnold making some good saves between the sticks there as well. So it was a really exciting game, and I think with West Ham going in 1-0 up and weathering the storm, they just came back out and kind of, you know, with renewed vigour. And I think the longer Brighton went on not scoring, it almost felt like, we're never going to score, do you know, that kind of way. Um, so, yeah, Ueki got the second goal. She's a, an exciting-looking player. Um, I did worry she was going to get sent off because she got booked early on for descent. Um, well, and I was just checking the yellow card situation that game. So it was, it was one, like six, two, three, four, five, yeah, six yeah. Six yellow cards. Lisa Evans got booked for time wasting after eleven seconds. So go figure. Um yeah, so it was yeah, it was really enjoyable. Um I think Brighton need to work on their their home record as well. And I'm disappointed because I thought they were going to be really good this season, but it's two games in. Um so we'll see what happens. But yeah, some really nice football from West Ham. I was really excited in the keeper situation. Like I love obviously you know, Mackenzie Arnold and what she did over the summer. I was interested to see how she was going to translate that into domestic football. And also it's really nice to see Sophie Bagley between the sticks because obviously she was at United for two years, was it? Two seasons? But you won't know. You, you didn't actually know that she was there because she, I don't think she, she ever... doesn't rotate keepers. She really didn't play a single minute of time. And I suppose, why would you when you've got Earps there? But she is such a fantastic keeper, obviously coming from Bristol. Is it Br- Bristol? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Bristol. Uh, coming over from Bristol and doing bits with them in the championship. So I really, really, really enjoyed um, yeah, seeing seeing her back back on, uh, back on the main stage. Um, but yeah, I think um, in terms of the big points, I think we've... We've covered everything. We've got to give a, a little hat tip as well to Spurs, another team. Well, I don't. I wasn't hugely worried about them in terms of um, relegation, but I feel like Wilhelm has really brought in a style of football that we can see and enjoy. They and, are enjoying it. You know, to see Spurs banging away the goals without Bethany England. Like, can Martin you Thomas, I told you, I called it last week. And Ta- you were like, no, me, she's not converting enough for chances. Taught me to her goals, her goal. What, what, it was off the back of... It, it was, was her back. back. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Does it matter? So Does it matter? I don't care if it's a bum, elbow, leg or eye. It's a goal. <laughs> Such a funny goal. <laughs> um, no, but uh, they're playing some exciting football and they're creating. They're creating so many chances and that's so exciting for Spurs because how many? 16 chances they created. Not 15 bad. against Chelsea, 11 of which... I know I said this last week. Not 11 bad. of which are on target, which is crazy. So when Beth England comes back, Christ. Imagine. The link up. Amazing. I know. All right. And final shout out maybe to Liverpool and Aston Villa. Uh, great game. That was a really interesting one just in terms of those two seem to be the teams that are most expected to cause disruption up the top end. Carla Ward was raging. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm raging. not surprised. But Liverpool, uh, as well as Leicester, are now the only two teams 
in the first two games of the season to pick up the full six points. Top of the table, love. Top of the table, geezers. But Liverpool face uh, Everton this week in uh, Anfield in the Derby Day. So that'll be a very tasty little fixture. Um, Rach, you go into that? What are you up to? Where are you off to tonight? I heard there's a big game on tonight. I'm going up to leave at Sports Village again. Under the lights. Uh, and then we'll get some Conti Cup. Can't forget the Conti Cup. It's Lovely. back on Wednesday. Don't know where I'm going yet. Uh, and then we've got Chelsea West Ham on Saturday. Tasty. I haven't decided where I'm going. On, I think I'm in Brighton on Sunday or maybe Arsenal. Who knows? There's lots of great games to choose from. Nice. I'm going to be at the Emirates watching Arsenal v Aston Villa. They've kindly invited me down there as part of Black History Month. I will be Get attending. You. Aren't I? You in a box? Uh, I don't know actually but I am taking the GF oh, so okay. you've got to bring her up on every episode absolutely I'd have been told off if I did that <laughs> we're still in the honeymoon phase thanks for listening to today's episode as we said we're back on Thursday with a special episode with the head of women's football at the European Club Association Claire Bloomfield the ECA are at the heart of the European game so we're going to be asking Claire about what they're doing in the women's game including their study into the impact of football boots on the game and the international calendar it promises to be a fascinating listen. Uh, remember, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Morgie underscore 98. I wish. that young love. I wish. I look 98. Mm. No, as in like I was born in 98, not I look. Right, anyway. Uh, I am at Morgie underscore 89. Uh, Rach is at Girls on the Ball and we are at Upfront underscore pod. You can also find us on YouTube at Upfront pod. See you on Thursday. Upfront is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.